Coming to you from the M&M Exterior Studio in Nooksville, Virginia, this is Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle, the introvert's extrovert. She talks to people so you don't have to. For now. Welcome back to Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle. This is Matt Jennings. I am the extrovert's introvert, and this is the first ever reverse podcast. Reverse! <laughs> I wish I had a song to go with, but I don't. So. Just back it up, back it up. Like a truck. Yeah. Yeah. That's Melody yeah, she has chiming in. Dumps like a truck. Dumps like a truck, truck, truck. Guys, <laughs> like, what? 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 <laughs> Let me see. You're the host, just reminding you that you're the host. Oh, that's right. Okay, I'm driving the train. (laughs) You're driving the train. I'm just here. So, like, do I act like that? So, just let's get some ground rules. I just want want to make that clear. So, you're the host. Like, am I just being a guest that's like, like I have no idea what I'm doing? I'm trying to take over the show right now. Well, that's why I wanted to make sure. I'm going to have to Bigfoot you. (laughs) Okay. All right. I'm just going to talk over you and remind people. That I am the host for today of the Reverse Podcast. It's a bizarro podcast is what it is. Mm-hmm. It's flushing it in mm. is what it is. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, let me just process no, I, that real you know, quick. It's something we've been talking about for a while. Yeah. You've got a lot of podcasts out there now. How what's What number are we on? What episode number? 30. 30. 30. All right. Well, by the time this comes out, yeah, this will probably be around 30, 33. 33. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a good number. <laughs> maybe. We can't commit to that. I mean, editing. You know, the behind the scenes magic, who knows, but yeah, fair enough, but I would hope so. It's in the thirties. It's in the thirties. All right. Well, that's a lot. And uh, you know, I think it's time for people to hear from you. Yeah. You know, you're the host. Mm -hmm. You're a great host. You ask people questions. We hear from them. We learn about the people that are on the show, but I think the people that listen Mm -hmm. to this podcast would Mm -hmm. be interested to know more about Samantha Spittle. Sweet. Finally, thank you. Finally, someone asks about yeah. me. Well, let's. I, <laughs> so I'm kind of um, linear about these things. So All let's right. start at the beginning. All right. You were an army kid, is yeah. that right? Yes. Where were you born? Well, just to clarify, I was an army brat. I okay. I never right. served our country uh, in the you know. I didn't want to use the word brat. I you know. Um, well, but, yeah, I know that that's a common phrase. Yeah, Deb Jewel, born, raised, and trained. De- what? Army brat. Born, raised, and trained. There you go. And I don't know if okay. she made that up or not, but I was like, that's awesome. So, Who, Who's that? Oh, my gosh. Deb Jewell. She was an episode guest. Of I'm course. sure you listened to it. I'm sure I did. I'm She's sorry. amazing. Yes, She's it was a reason. great episode. I very much She's enjoyed it. She's the reason I know, like, everyone in Virginia. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think that's great. Um, but, so, yes, I'm sorry. So, yeah, I was an Army brat. The moved question all over. was, where yes. were you born? Well, I don't like to share that publicly because okay. – um, Security questions online, you know, like if people want to fill serious? that in. To- <laughs> well, what was your mother's maiden name? <laughs> Would you like my social security number Just too? The last four Gosh, digits, why so personal questions? I mean, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> I was what was the name of the street that you grew up on? <laughs> and now you want to know my dog's and what first. And what was my your favorite pets. pet as a child? Shit, I and said dog. Now people are going to know. Yeah. Dang see, it. I'll, yeah. Rex. Yeah. Rex. Fido. Well, I'll None I'll start. I already said I've I've I'm on record yeah. on this podcast where I was born. Yeah, I was born in California. Where I'm in a California, California girl, Santa Barbara. Wow. I, super fancy people. I mean, looking at me, you're like California girl. And Santa Barbara. Guilt, guilty as charged. It's, uh, that's an awesome part of California. Yeah. I yes. Is there an, is there a military base in Santa Barbara? My dad was teaching ROTC. Okay. At the school there. All right. And so he did a lot of scuba diving and fun. Or uh, like yeah. You did. Diving. No, he did. No, I was just a baby. I was yeah, just born was and toddled that. around uh-huh. and then moved. So. How long were you there? I don't know exactly. Maybe about two years. Okay. Yeah. And from there, where did you go? Do you remember the whole? How many different places did you live as a kid? Um. Many. I'd have to count up real quick. Do you remember the sequence and all of them everywhere you Pretty went? Pretty much. Um, I, I Well, let's so, go through it. Let's see. Where'd you go from Santa Barbara? Okay. So Santa Barbara, I can't totally remember, but I think I went to Kansas or Jersey and then Kansas those, or Jersey. Those are very different places. I know. Because I, I can't remember. <laughs> I was pre- at preschool at both. So here's a fun fact. Gotcha. I went to, I believe, three years of preschool, mm-hmm. but then skipped kindergarten. Mm. I mean... 
Well, it it probably showed my future brilliance, but probably. So that's why I can't remember because the way I remember my life is what mm-hmm. age, like what school grade I was sure. in, and so because preschool took up so much of my life yeah. through those years, um, I can't always remember. So yeah, Jersey. Well, you kind of wound up in New Jersey, didn't you? I did. So okay. Kansas, Jersey, Germany. Where in? Well, hold on. Slow down. Slow down. People are going to be tuning out. I mean, the hell they are. This is fascinating. They're they're pulling out their notes. The people like me love this crap. Mm -hmm. Where in Kansas did you live? Uh, Leavenworth, I believe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What what were you incarcerated for? Um, Being awesome. It's the only thing that's really in Leavenworth. There's the federal prison, military prison. Yeah, and I think they bagged groceries and stuff, too, if I remember correctly. Really? Yeah, but my main memories were learning to ride a bike there. Okay, all right. So then you went to New Jersey, and then... Yeah, or vice versa. Or whatever. I should text my mom real quick and ask her. Yeah, do that. Talk about tuning out. It doesn't really matter. (laughs) And then what? (laughs) Um, Then Germany. Uh Uh-huh. And so we lived there for three years and moved a couple times there. Mm-hmm. Great memories from that. And then moved back to Virginia. Okay. Lived in, for all the local listeners, Burke, Virginia. Sure. Then moved to New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Then lived there for two years. Then a year in Pennsylvania while my dad was in the War College, it's called. And that was in Carlisle, Pennsylvania, and then went actually back to New Jersey, mm-hmm. and then was there the rest of high school. Were you all these different stops in New Jersey? Was it the same? Same base, and yeah. Where, where's it? Picatinny Arsenal, New Jersey. It's up in northern New Jersey. Okay. What's yeah. the nearest? Where? What's it near? New York City? It's like 45 minutes from New York. Um, just kind of a straight shot, yeah. you know, west. But uh, Morristown is kind of the the city that we would go to to go to dinner in high school because that's mm-hmm. all you did was drive to go eat. Yeah. But yeah, and then college at Virginia Tech down here, and then yeah. after Virginia Tech graduated, went back up to New Jersey. Mm-hmm. How did you slow down? Oh, well, well, okay. Getting, okay. Getting, so you graduated high school in New Jersey. Yes. How long were you in New Jersey then? Like total. Well, no, from like when you grad, did you go in the middle of high school? Like how? Were- I was there. So I moved, we eighth, I was there sixth and seventh grade, went away for eighth grade for the year my dad was in that one school. In Pennsylvania. In Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. then went back to New Jersey, mm-hmm. ninth through 12th. Well, that's good. Yeah, At least we you got to go high school in one place. Yeah, I thought we thought we were going to move though between sophomore and junior. Yeah. And then ended up having a change. So mm-hmm. that's a fun little fact. That's the first time I remember saying the F word in front of my parents. Was that I don't want to move or what? No, no, it was the opposite. So this is actually a very insightful to the way my family operated and was raised, and I think how I am to this day. So we moved around a lot, and we'll, I will be the judge of how insightful it is. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I forgot I'm not the host, so Sorry, I don't, I don't get to control I'm the kidding, narrative. Yeah, no. I don't get to control the narrative. Well, it's fine. It's you're fine. trying. I feel like it's a little bit of a tug of war, but I'm determined to win. <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> it's fine. Um, so. Every time we moved, my parents were very positive, and you know, even now people ask, "Where's the best place you lived?" And I feel like, like I've, this is going to be great, kids. It's a big adventure. Yes, so everything yeah. was good, and um, but I felt like we actually dealt with things too, so it wasn't a bad thing. But it was mm-hmm. just you can't change it, so just make the best of it. Right. And so we were supposed to move to Michigan, and you know, we were looking at where we might live, and there was water. So I was imagining like I'm going to have friends that sail, and I'm going to be like living on the water. And so I'm devastated that I'm moving because I have my best friends in my life, but can't do anything about it. And so mm-hmm. it's like, okay, let's focus on the new positive. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and I don't know if I want to share this publicly or not, but a guy I had a crush on in eighth grade. Apparently, I like I think he lived there. So I was also in Michigan. Yeah, in Michigan, oh. his family was stationed there too. So I was like kind of excited that mm. um, he was going to be there. So I thought, oh my sure. gosh, well that is a good. Reason I'm going to rekindle this romance as a ninth grader to yeah. move across country. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I see. I was following him. It was a yeah. rom com in the making. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, I was like psyched. I'm like, all right, let's make the best out of this. Who knows? There's this option of this guy that's not really an option, but let's pretend because you're in 10th grade. I'm going to live by the water. I'm going to live this lovely life. Mm-hmm. And so I was so like, all right, it sucks that we're leaving, but I'm so excited. So I remember we were driving down the road. So if any of my Jersey listeners are listening, we were right by the roller rink and that one diner that's by the roller rink in Rockaway. And my dad said something about, you know, it looks like there's an option to stay at Picatetti. And I go, I think I said something like, what the 
beep, mm-hmm. F word. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, I just, because I was so, and that, and it was at that moment that I realized, holy moly, this whole positive thinking really does some work, I mean, in a good way on you, because I had convinced myself that I that wanted, wanted to, to go to yeah, Michigan, and that, and that mm-hmm. when my dad tells me, you get to stay and go to the same high school, you get to stay with your best friends, you get to keep living your life, mm-hmm. my reaction is to drop an F-bomb? Yeah. Like, what You're the like, heck? What do you mean, Dad? I already went to school, burned all my bridges. <laughs> exactly. I told everyone to F off. Yeah. No, I didn't. Um, right. But, uh, so yeah, that's <laughs> that, that's like seared into my memory of the, the first um, you know F-bomb I dropped. And then also, though, but it, it made me realize, wow, the power of positive thinking. Dang. Yeah. So um, well, that's good. Yeah. But then I ended up staying in Jersey. It was great. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then tech. So what did, how many brothers and sisters do you have? One brother. Just older. Four one, years older. He's, okay. Four years old. It's mm-hmm. similar to my sister and I. She's about four mm-hmm. and a half. Mm-hmm. So was he always, like when you were a freshman, was he a senior or was no, he no. already gone? No, no. He was a, a freshman in college. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. It, where did he go? Virginia Tech. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that part of why you went there? Or? Sort of. I So because my parents were living in Jersey, but they weren't going to stay there, mm-hmm. they were from South Dakota. So there was right. talks about, you know, you could go to South Dakota State, but that didn't seem um, like the right choice. And so started thinking, like, the world is my oyster. Is that the right term? Something yeah. like that. Um, but then realistically, I didn't really want to go crazy far. Mm-hmm. So Virginia seemed like the most logical place to kind of look because my parents still owned a house in Burke. There's a chance my dad could go back to the Pentagon. Mm-hmm. And so I just started looking at Virginia schools and applied to pretty much all of them here because yeah. I couldn't make decisions. And so I applied to all what of them. What did your dad do in the field artillery was his Wow, yeah. that's right. That's right in the army song. Even yeah, he's badass. Used to be. I think they changed it now. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. The case dad, No one knows him. what that is anymore. But Caisson. Yeah, the caissons go rolling along <laughs> over hill, <laughs> over dale. What's a dale? You know, is that like a valley? I don't know. Anyway, I don't know. You're the lawyer. <laughs> You're going over it, so. Yeah, so it can't be a valley, would it? Be. Through it, I don't know. I don't know. We should have Melody um, as like our researcher. Field artillery. You know what I mean? We should have her like look this up. Well, write this down then. So is he still? Is he still? In no, the, no, he's retired. Yes. He, he retired. Actually, he's like retired. Retired. Did he retire in New Jersey or did so, he? Yeah, he retired in New Jersey yeah. uh, from the army, and then you know he got a job with another company and worked for a while, you know a long time actually, and mm-hmm. now he's actually retired. Retired. Done. done. Yep. To free man do whatever he wants. Yep. Did your mom? It would be hard as a military wife to have a career. Did she work when you were a kid? She did, uh, but you are correct. She actually majored in chemistry. She's mm-hmm. hella smart. Yeah. And hella awesome. And so, so you take after your dad. <laughs> oh snap! <laughs> He's hella smart too. So yeah, I I'm the host. I can <laughs> I can give you shit. <laughs> that's fine. That's yeah. fine. Um, I take after both of them. Um, yeah. so they're both awesome. So, yeah. mom. Majored in chemistry, super smart, but yes, when you are a military spouse, it's you pretty might much have impossible. To move every year or two. Or yeah. yeah. So she ended up. Um, she would work here and there, different places, mm-hmm. kind of just, you know, for something for her, for a little extra here and there, but mm-hmm. didn't pursue a career. So. Yeah, it would be hard. Mm-hmm. Be good to be home for yeah. you though. When yeah. So we've heard a little bit about you. Uh, your it's a valley. Oh, a Dale is a valley. Thank oh, you. Dang. Thank you. Our producer has notified us. Thank you. Um, Thank you. That a Dale is, in fact, a valley. Yeah. I'm sorry to all the Army, you know. Sorry, Dad. Current informer that I was confused about mm-hmm. the song. Sorry. I do think they've changed the lyrics to it, though. I thought I read that yeah. somewhere just to kind of modernize it, but I could be wrong about that, yeah. too. If there wasn't a Facebook article in my feed about it, then I wouldn't know. Yeah. So that's really the one. Want to look that one up? Well, I will ask the. the producers to check on that um we've heard a little bit about your childhood yeah um common very common uh especially among performers entertainers whatever yeah um how uh how am i damaged is that that you no 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 no. (laughs) that when you have to move yeah from place to place and Mm -hmm. make new friends all the time Uh right that you become outgoing. Comedians, pe- funny people especially, they realize the thing. Make people laugh. They like you. Mm-hmm. And it's a great way to make totally. friends. So my theory with, with if you move around, if you're a military brat, mm-hmm. um, of course, uh, you can, you're just, you are who you are and blah, blah, blah. But the way I've simplified it is it's like you either do what you just described or you are like a total introvert, you know, because you yeah. just 
find your own happiness within. Did um, you know other military kids that were that way? Oh, well, my brother, like he's to- he's like introvert. I'm extrovert. Like he would take a while, you know, he would take a while to make friends. I don't know. I'd have to call him and have, have him confirm this, but it seemed like from the outside. So who sure. knows yeah. um, that it took him longer to make friends. And then yeah. he had a few close friends, you know, type of thing where for me, there's a lot of stories from my past of we would move somewhere and I'd have a sleepover within the first 24 to 48 hours um, because I just really liked just making like, friends. Yeah, and so new best friend. We've been yeah. here five minutes. Obviously. Of course, I've, got, I've got 13 yeah, of them, actually. Yeah. So, but I, I feel like, though, that's because that's what I needed. Like, I needed to always have a person, and I feel like God always provided, like, I always had, like, a person. So, it wasn't just superficial friends. I feel like I always found my person, like, everywhere I lived. I always ended up having my person. Gravitated towards someone, and they gravitated mm-hmm. toward you. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like, too, with people, like, that's another big part of, you know, I love interacting with people because when you move a lot, you have a chance to start over. So, you get to kind of figure out kind of who you are and what you want to put out there. And I realized, like, we, we, I talk a lot with the podcast about vulnerability mm-hmm. and whatnot, and that I think what I realized early on, and it's something I want to pass on my wisdom, mm-hmm. is that, you know, when you put yourself out there, you will find the people who are attracted to you. Like you just said, you yeah. find that. And I think what I found, fa- I got to learn this lesson a lot growing up because I had to move so much, is that you kind of, you might put a different you know you're let's say you're insecure about something like oh i'm weird about this or that so i'm gonna not do that but then you end up finding maybe friends that are like oh these aren't really my people i can't really be myself in front of them but then i would move so then it's like oh i'm gonna be like i'm gonna say my dumb jokes i'm gonna be crass or whatever i'll just say that the dumb jokes in front of everybody and the ones that laugh they're the ones that'll think that I'll be friends yes, with. Yes, exactly. So, yeah. and then the ones who don't that make me feel like, oh, I feel dumb for saying that. It's like I think I learned early on, like, oh, they just aren't my people. I don't want to hang out with them. Yeah, like screw so, them. Yeah, yeah. And then I that's talk a, shit about them. No, I'm just a, kidding. I, I don't. But that's a good life skill, to yeah. be honest. I mean, I think there's a lot of people that spend a lot of time around people that are not right for them. Mm-hmm. And then you make it about you. Or you trying think, to fit in with somebody. Why would you yes. do that? Yeah. Well, and I think that's because your whole life, and now that I'm seeing it here, living in one place, if you don't get a chance to start over and try new things, like if you're, if you're, I was about to say stuck in one place, which is now how my kids may feel. Um, if you live in one place, you get, you get pigeonholed. You know, you if you're the kid who threw up in first grade and everyone remembers it, then for the next 10 years, they're going to give you crap about that time you threw up in first grade. Mm-hmm. And you're just all, you get, you know, stuck into this box. Yeah. And if you find, so you might learn, okay, I told that stupid joke. You know, at home, I like making stupid jokes. But at school, when I make them, those kids laughed at me because, you know, what? either they're just kids or whatever. But then you, it's like, then you tuck away that lesson of, oh, don't act like that in front of people because... It'll make me feel bad. You know, I won't have friends. It'll make yeah. me feel bad. And you don't get a chance to relearn that lesson. Just in your head, it's like, I can't act like that there. Where if you keep having chances to do that, I think you learn the lesson faster. The lesson you learn is, and it's like a, I'm sure it's a scientific thing. It's like the opposite of dopamine. I feel bad. Your brain, right? it, yeah, yeah, that made me feel bad. So too. I'm not going to do that again. So I'm not going to do that again. Right. And then you have to unlearn like, oh, when I'm myself... Yeah. You know, then I find my people. When but not so inhibited. Yes. But I, I think of, it takes a long time because yeah. – but when – like for me, for example, like I remember there's like uh, eighth grade in particular. I ended up having some amazing friends in eighth grade um, in Pennsylvania, only living there one year. Mm-hmm. And I remember though I, I became friends with this one girl – and, you know, so in my head, I'm thinking, oh, like, this is this is my best friend, you know, this girl. And we hung out a few times. And the more we were hanging out, I could just tell, like, we're just not vibing mm-hmm. and ended up somehow, I don't know, just making different friends that were a better fit for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't remember why that worked out like that. But I just remember that feeling of, oh, this isn't a good fit. Yeah. Um, and it was lucky that I think I was able to make that transition eighth grade. But... Had I not, then it's like you move to a new place and you're like, oh, I didn't like that. Let me try again to find more of my people. Yeah. So when you were a kid, did you learn the lesson of when I'm funny, when I'm silly, people laugh and that feels good? Yeah, probably. I can't think of anything in particular because yeah. I think I've just always been like naturally amazing. Well... <laughs> 
thank you for joining us on um, flushing it out. I think we'll just end right there. No, um, I can't think how to yeah. say. It. No, I don't remember. I don't have like so. I didn't grow up like I think being a comedian or. Uh, like I can't imagine that you weren't always. Really. I didn't have a shtick. I, I will. Okay, I'm going to well, give a true You don't really confession. have a shtick That's now. what I mean. So, well, other than the crap in your pants. Yeah, thing. and that's not even. That's just, you know, I just, old jokes die hard. But <laughs> if I, nothing else is working for me, you can, you know, I can always, always fall back on that. Yeah, I always that. Um, just, I will I will admit something. So as I'm, as you know, this this podcast, it was a, is a, as I said many times, it's a journey. And I don't know if I've ever shared this. Um, I, when I was pregnant with Riley, so that's 10 years ago, I used to tell a lot of funny stories and shocker, a lot of them involved like constipation and things like that. Cause that's funny and yeah. it's universal. And so I thought about do, starting a you blog. You don't have to be smart to laugh at a poop joke. Ex- exactly. You'd have to be stupid not to. Exactly. Who can't laugh at that? You know what I mean? Like everyone does it. So, okay. So 10 years ago, my friends encouraged me, oh, you should start a blog. Your stories are so funny. But I didn't for many reasons that I could name. But really, at the end of it, I was just scared. You know, could I do it? What would be the point? All that insecurity. Mm -hmm. And so then just life is happening. Things are happening. And so I came across one of my old yearbooks. And I went through it and read it. And I like people were like, you're so funny. You know, don't change. You're so positive. You're so funny. And what I saw like over and over again was I was funny. Like they were telling me I was funny. So I was like, oh, my gosh, maybe. What what age were you when you went back to your high school yearbook? I don't know. Realized that you were funny. Well, it was the more that like maybe this is who I am. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to make that sound like I didn't. I know that was a real jerk move. Thought it was crazy. Um, No, I'm just kidding. I mean, you're funny. They thought you were funny then. You learned this skill. I mean, this is sort of you're goofing up my narrative here. You learned this skill as a kid. You've always been funny. You've always been entertaining. You've always been outgoing. So you're telling me that. So and now I you're telling me, oh, I, oh, I just no. figured it out when no, I was no, no. pregnant. No, or something. Dang it, no. I'm but confused. thank you for clarifying. Yeah, please. No, no, no. What I needed is that it was always inside of me, which Heather Garner on our one of our episodes recently we talked about. So for me, it was having to decide to figure. So you tell me, you've always done this. You've always done this. Other people see that in you, but if this is just the way I've always been, I don't feel any different. So what makes me any funnier to host a podcast? What makes my skills any better to connect with people? This is what we're here to figure out. Yeah. I mean, this is an introspection episode. So that's part of the journey. Because I am very curious about it. I mean, you know, I was, I'm not going to make this about me. But only well, for the next late. 30 mm-hmm. seconds. Too late. <laughs> I was never an outgoing, you know, I am mm-hmm. an introvert. Yeah. And I did have a skill that I realized now. I always found like the person that was the extrovert mm-hmm. and everybody liked him and whatever. Secret and to I life. was great friends with them. Cling. And so like I had a close, you know, few friends, but I like, mm-hmm. and it wasn't intentional. It just it no, sort of happened. But everywhere I went, you know, high school, college, law school, mm-hmm. whatever, I always managed to do that. But I, I have, the, and this is sort of the theme of the episode for me. I'm curious about you. I yeah. think your listeners are curious about yeah. you. you brought, yeah. You have this um, drive, desire, whatever, for people to um, pay attention to you. No. <laughs> Listen to you. I'm serious. Some people want to be, you know. You you like being a, an entertaining person. Yeah. You like being a storyteller. You like being heard. Yeah. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. You wouldn't mind at all being famous. I wouldn't. Uh, I don't know. The older I get and the really? more life experience I get, I'm like, ugh. Really? I don't know about that. Yeah. See, I have never once in my life ever so had I, a desire I to be famous. I did grow up wanting to be. Oh shoot! I did grow up wanting to be an actress. Sorry, I was playing with my. A thing cord and it messed it up. Um, okay, so I did grow up wanting to be I think an actress. I'm making you nervous. You're fidgety over here. I, I like know. This. I am. this is good. We must be getting some work. Okay, go. I, yeah, I've already decompressed it in my head and I can totally share everything with you now. Um, grew up wanting to be an actress for sure, but I would never put myself out there. I was in The Shoemaker and the Elves and I think I got casted as a random elf and uh, probably broke my spirit because I probably wanted to be the lead role. Which now I see happening with my children. So it crushed your acting dreams? It may have crushed it a little. And I think I was afraid to put myself out there. So I always had the dream in my heart that I wanted to. But I never, I just didn't have the the push. And I think because I moved around so much, I didn't have my people. And so what's interesting is that everyone who knows me here in Virginia, you know, I've um, I've gone to the same church since I moved here. 
Um, I've, the networking that I do, you see a lot of the same people over. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was when I moved here. And so my comfort level is when I know people, that's when I really, I guess you could say, my that part of my personality comes out more. But when I'm new or meeting people, it's not like I walk in like, woo, what's up? Like I do read the crowd and find people and test people. But I wasn't like super involved in high school. Like I did mm-hmm. school. I went home. I watched Golden Girls and Designing <laughs> Women. <laughs> and that's a true story. Nice. I would sit on my recliner and then I would call my best friend and we would talk for a couple hours to chat about our day. And that was my life in high school. Yeah. So, Do you remember the Golden Girls theme song? Thank you for being a friend. Yeah, there you go. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, not super outgoing. But like I said, that's, I think that's what made me realize reading the yearbook, though. Is So I think I had this vision in my head that I'm not super outgoing. You know, I might, like, because to me, outgoing meant maybe, like, being the class president and being very popular or things like that where I wasn't those things. Yeah. So I think I felt like, oh, and then I didn't put myself out there for acting and things like that because I knew on the inside I was afraid. Mm-hmm. And so I had this self-talk and image that, you know, I'm not those things. And so then as I got more, you know, just making friends and then it's like, oh, my friends think I'm funny, but not mm-hmm. other people. Um, or I really love connecting with people, but maybe it's just within my own little world. Yeah. So then, well, this is interesting because, I mean, you know, it's a lifelong would, journey of self-discovery, isn't it? Yes, and that's why it ties into the yearbook is because I was able to see that people who I just kind of knew through class or here and there, mm-hmm. that they were saying, hey, you're funny. Like, oh, I didn't have to be a cert like, – if I was funny then, maybe that's just part of who I am. All right. So we've kind of skipped off our timeline now, but this is fine. This is interesting. I tried to tie it when together the, for you because you said it was all over the no, – now we, you don't care? We skipped college altogether. We skipped your whatever. So anyway, you Very went to good. Virginia Tech. Yeah. We're back on We're back on the timeline. Why – we talked a little bit about why you went, so went I had to there. Apply. Your brother was there. So the fun story of that is mm-hmm. the week and just another – my mom's awesome. So the week before, I applied to all the Virginia schools, and it became it came down to Tech and JMU were the two schools, James Madison University. Mm-hmm. Which is in – Harrisonburg. And I was dead set on JMU. I loved it probably mostly for the colors, and it just – Like purple. Purple and yellow, I think. Yeah, and okay. I don't know. It just seemed it's cool. Cold. Gold? I don't know. Yeah. They look the same as Lake Braddock, which is the high school I would have gone to in Burke. Uh And I think there was some, I think there was some like subconscious stuff. I was thinking the Lakers, but okay. Yeah, definitely that too. Um, So I love JMU. I was going to go to JMU, told everyone at school I was going to JMU, all my friends at high school. And um, then the week before I had to decide, my mom and I took a last minute road trip down to the schools. And I had never gone on a tour at Tech because my brother went there. And so if we were there, he'd just be like, you know. This is the campus. This is this. This is that. And that's all I did. Mm-hmm. And so we went on tours like last minute. So we stopped at JMU, went on a tour. Then we went to Tech, and it was a beautiful day. And when I had last been there to see my brother, it was raining. So it was a gorgeous day. Had an awesome tour guide and fell in love. Like it just totally felt more like me. And the way I described it, because I'm super intellectual, and so hopefully everyone will get this metaphor, but mm-hmm. if you don't, then sorry. Uh, I thought about it, and I thought, JMU is like Abercrombie, where Virginia Tech is like the whole mall. And I don't want to go to just one store. I want to go to the whole mall. And that also goes down to my commitment issues. If I didn't know what my major wanted to be. Fair enough, yeah. No, I get that. And I like the idea of starting the drill field, which Mm. is the big um, center quad area. I like the idea that you could start at one end of the drill field and you could hear people talking about engineering and quantum the drill physics. field was virginia tech is it a big rotc uh it's, like? yeah it's got a core cadets oh so it's oh, like really? a military it's like a mini military so it's like school. A&M, texas a&m they're the only two schools yeah have it. yeah really texas a&m yeah, and texas a&m that's like I mean, it's yeah hard. it's hardcore it's yeah, hardcore so time. yeah it's a big field and so yeah one end you could start hearing about aerodynamics and whatnot quantum physics and then by the time you get to the other side you could be talking about milk science dairy production Utters and things like that. <laughs> I just thought that was cool. Just, yeah, just just milking. Yeah. And so I just loved the I just loved the idea. And that, I think that kind of speaks to who I am today and with the podcast and everything that this idea of niching down to just talking about one topic or one type of person that just doesn't feel that's just not me. I think it's the moving around so much, making so many different types of friends and meeting so many different people 
with with college, wanting to be yeah. around an environment with lots of different people. Yeah. I just haven't wanted to feel that this is my lane. So where so your brother had been to tech. Was mm-hmm. he still there when you went? For one semester. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he's uh, four and a half years. What did he mm-hmm. was he engineering he mechanical? Is? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Is the uh, Greek system a big deal, Virginia Tech? Maybe, but it wasn't for me. Yeah. Yeah, no, because I just found you know, it, it wasn't my huge circle. No. It existed, but it wasn't yeah. yeah. See, Melody and I both went to schools where it was yeah. huge. Well, like, so my best friend um, went to a smaller school, and it was huge. And it's like you didn't have a social life if you weren't in one. Yeah, I mean, it, well, that, that so, wasn't true. That oh. wasn't true where we went. It may but, not I mean, have been true, for but them, it was a big. A it was a big deal. Life. And my parents had both gone to Iowa State, and they yeah. both. I mean, back then. Wait, is this a podcast about you or me? I'm <sighs> yeah. Confused. So anyway, well, I keep trying to make it about you, but you keep not answering my question. What are you so. talking? About? I'm providing so much information. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Go on. So what, what house matter. were you in? Well, I was a teak. TK. Mm-hmm. Um, I did go to a lot of frat parties, though. Like, I we I didn't join. Mm-hmm. I wasn't a part of any mm-hmm. uh, sorority. But, we I mean, everyone. So it actually is kind of a big deal because they host all the parties for at least the freshmen. Yeah, sure. But uh, there's enough people that I think you kind of find Well, they your, used to back when we were in college, and uh, who knows what they do? Dry and all this kind of stuff. Oh, it's, oh, yeah. oh I didn't know that. I mean, uh, you know, yeah, our house was technically yeah. dry, except it wasn't. I, guess. I don't know if it's teak, mm-hmm. but you know, it would make it a really fun transition. Is my memory of going to a teak party at mm-hmm. Tech? Mm-hmm. I should actually Google. It really might be teak. I went to a teak party. I think a lot of rhyme. It could be teak or deek or pike or yeah. There's there all the eeks and icks and whatnot. Yeah. So I go to this party. I wore my friend's coat. It was a zebra print coat because we're talking ninety late nineties early two thousands mm-hmm. time frame. So of course zebra print coat very in. Maybe it is now. Who knows? So I'm walking down the stairs because the party was in the basement. You still have the coat? No, no, it was my friend's. I borrowed it. Oh, okay. Super cute. I'm feeling so awesome. I'm walking down the stairs. And <laughs> Did you have to talk that way? Well, I just want to get you in the zone of like where I was a freshman going <laughs> to a you party. Put on that coat, coat it was, I was just like, oh amazing. my God, I look so, so good, good in this coat. So good. Okay. So I'm so confident. I'm walking in. My friends are there. And sober, too. I, I need to say, and this is legit, like, I was sober. So I'm walking there. I'm going down the stairs in my zebra print coat. Mm-hmm. And I get about three stairs from the bottom, trip, and fall onto the floor. And I've never gotten up so fast, threw off the coat in the corner, and was like, for the rest of the night, I was like, did you see that girl in the zebra coat who fell down? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Give it back to your friend. You should, Actually, you look better in this. You should wear it. I know. I don't think she wore. Like, oh my god! I'm not that much of a jerk. What self awareness? That's hilarious. <laughs> so yeah, You're like I'm so noticeable <laughs> in this see? zebra coat. Oh my gosh! I threw so it off. I just it, did like, an embarrassing thing. I'm gonna get I rid of the coat. I threw it in the corner, and then I talked about it all night, but as if it was someone else. I mean, I, mean, I was joking. If they knew it was me, I didn't care. But I mean, I if just, you're ever trying to escape the police on foot, I think you're going to get away. <laughs> I'm sure as heck not going to yeah. get away running. You'll have, you'll have, <laughs> you'll have changed your appearance mm-hmm. by the time you get to the subway platform. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. I'm actually going to start wearing a zebra coat just for that reason, so that if something happens, I take it off and suddenly my identity is changed. Yeah, or a reversible one. That'd be even better. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cheetah print, zebra like, Well, print. she's wearing a coat, but it's not zebra coat. So zebra it's definitely print. not her. It's like orange. Yeah. The police will be interviewing some Samantha going, can you describe the suspect? Mm-hmm. She was wearing a zebra print mm-hmm. coat. Yeah, and you're like, oh, sure. I think she went that way. <laughs> and then you'll see, yeah. you'll get away. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Told you. Brilliant. Brilliant over here. Good. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. <sighs> so is the mystery of me solved? I so mean, you, do you feel like no, you know me No, I don't better? feel like we're any closer, but we're getting okay. there. So, Enigma. All right. So we, we went, so we're, you're at Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm. Okay. You... We were an English major, I think mm-hmm. you told me. Well, at first I was undecided. Then I was right. interdisciplinary studies. Right. And then I had an awesome English teacher mm-hmm. who became my English advisor. Mm-hmm. And she took my – she saw my inability to make a decision and said, girl, English is the way for you because it – she didn't say this. I said this. It may be a BA, but it's a BS major and you can do anything you want with it. So that seemed like a good fit for me, not knowing what I wanted to do, okay. but feeling confident that I could make it work. If I wanted to go to law school, if I wanted to own a company, because my dad told me that 
most CEOs have a liberal arts degrees because they think outside the box. So I clung mm-hmm. to that and I was like, yes, I do not see myself being a teacher because my mm-hmm. mom laughs to this day that I was an English major because she edited my papers and I never read any books. And But I loved chit-chatting with people. So that's well, what I loved about uh, English. Uh, you know, I went to a agricultural and agriculture, engineering, science, and technology mm-hmm. college, too. And yeah. being an English major at those places is not maybe as rigorous you were an English as it major is too? To a liber- at a liberal arts college. What? You were an English major? Yeah. yeah. But I did have to read books. I, I know. I read them in college. <laughs> oh. I'm saying. <laughs> but, no, I did lots Growing of Growing up, work. you didn't read. Yeah. So my yeah, mom, yeah, when okay. I became an English, my mom was like, what? You don't even read? Yeah. Why are you an English major? Yeah. But I read in school. Yeah. Um, so you're at Virginia Tech. You're an mm-hmm. English major. You don't really have a plan for what you're going to do when you graduate. Correction or addition. Started doing Mary Kay between freshman and sophomore year. Uh-huh. And so did it for about a year when I went back to college, then kind of just took a year off just because I was in college. Mm-hmm. So then towards the end of junior year when I was like, oh, I'm going to graduate soon. I have to figure out what the heck I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. I jumped back into my Mary Kay and decided I wanted to do that when I graduated I like the idea of having a business, but not actually having to, like, create a business. Mm -hmm. Um, And I loved a lot about it, positivity, encouraging, helping women, Mm -hmm. things like that. And so my senior year, I started working my business to start building it up so that when I graduated, I could do it full time. Mm -hmm. So even got college credit for it. Really? Yeah. It was, I can't remember what the class was, but it was like, you know, I had to write a paper Mm -hmm. about it and read some books. and But it was basically like a self-entrepreneur business type of class that I was able to put together to get some credit. So that was really cool. And then uh, graduated. And then that's why I wanted to move to New Jersey after college, because my sales director who, you know, trained and mentored me, she lived up there. And then a bunch of her people that were training her and working with her, her team were all up there. And so I wanted to go learn from them and kind of be in their space. So when I moved up there, I knew that I didn't see myself staying in Jersey necessarily long term. Were your parents still there? No, at this point, they were in Ohio. They had moved to Ohio. And so, um, like I said, it was kind of like a business decision to know a lot of my friends were moving to the DC area, getting jobs. And because I was pursuing that, I wanted to be around my mentors. Started building my business there. Slept on my friend's couch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had an awesome experience with it. All good things, met amazing people, amazing life lessons. I feel like it's, you know, it's part of the pie, part of the puzzle or whatever of, you know, who I am and whatnot. So, but my problem is, and why I kind of joke I'm a horrible boss, because I was the best boss, is like when Jeremy and I started dating, I would come down Thursdays and leave Mondays because like, hello, I'm my own boss. Um And I just wasn't very good at making. So you worked Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Yeah, basically. Um, So, and uh, like I kind of knew like how much I needed to make. So then that's like to pay my bills. So then I would make that, and then I was happy. Like, well, I want to go out and hang out. I I can't meet with you Tuesday. How about Wednesday? No. No, Okay. How about the Tuesday after? I didn't come every weekend, but I'm just saying. Okay. How about the Tuesday two weeks from now? Yeah. Tuesday. Barely. I was horrible. (laughs) I think I got busy doing the things I w- liked doing, which is kind of similar to today, like meeting people, networking. I like doing appointments one-on-one. Like, I just wasn't the best at doing all the things I knew I needed so to did do. So you have, did you have consultants under you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a team. I earned a free car. I became a sales director. You got a car? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Well, you did really well then. Because yeah. it's not just about being a director. you got to have enough production yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. So I did that. And then... Um, so I realized something. Here's my aha moment I realized. Mm-hmm. So always loved Mary Kay, loved the friends I made with it, and I still have great friends to this day from from it. And so what I realized, though, is that when I would go to events and hear speeches or listen to CDs and, you know, you hear the speeches and stuff, what always stood out for me was they would talk about the way their life was, you know, how you get to design your life live your vision. That's a Pam Shaw. Give her that shout out for that quote. Um, And she would talk about, you know, her and her husband and her kids. And it was like having healthy relationships and living a good life. And so when I would listen to Who is it? Pam Shaw. She's just a top national sales director in Mary Kay. For Mary Kay. Okay. Yeah. And so I thought when I was single that, you know, oh, I want to be the successful big time, you know, person pink cadillac pink cadillac um Mm -hmm. but what i realized after dating jeremy moving here and whatnot and that 
I really wanted to have like a family and not just have a family to check the block. I wanted a healthy, good family. I wanted to be a healthy, good person. Real, real stuff, like real shit, not just shove everything away and... I don't know. I talk. That's okay. why I talk a lot about like. So Mary Kay and, and Mary Kay wasn't compatible with that. It life. was, but I'm saying me because I wasn't very ambitious. But my one friend actually, she's another top Mary Kay person. Um, she became a really good friend in New Jersey, and when I was dating Jeremy, and I remember, you know, I'd be in like a, a meeting with her. She was like trained all the leaders, and I was probably at the time being like, I want her in the pink Cadillac, and trying to work, you know, because what I'm good at doing is like putting together the plan. Um, thinking, strategizing, helping others with their plan. That's like my skill set. But mm-hmm. actually executing the plan for myself is probably where I fall short. Mm. So I think I was at the time like, I want to earn a pink Cadillac. And that's when she was like, lovingly said, you say you want to earn the pad- Cadillac, the pink Cadillac, but your actions do not support that mm. because you're going to New Jersey every third, I mean, Virginia, which is fine because if you want to invest in this relationship and you're able to, you know, as long as you're paying your bills, you're not going into debt and things like that, mm-hmm. that's fine if that's where you want to spend your time. So you should probably stop saying you want the pink Cadillac because you're continually not doing that. So then you're going to start feeling like crap about yourself because you're failing at that goal. But it's not your real goal. Your real goal is investing in your relationship. And you just need to be honest with yourself about that. Exactly. So once she said that, it was like, oh, so then I think once I moved to New Jersey, that was in my head of like, oh, so then I started thinking about, well, what has been motivating me? Well, one thing was, I wanted to work and become a leader. Because I wanted to hang out with the leaders. I wanted to hang out with, like, the movers and the shakers. Mm-hmm. So I have, like, I, my motivation to be a mover and a shaker is because I want to, I want to roll with them. I want to hang out with them. But, um, and then, like, with family, I was wanting to have a family and things like that. But I didn't, like I said, I didn't want a family just to check the box and have a family. You know, I wanted to invest in that. And All right. So you, so you do Mary Kay. Yeah. For six years. Mm-hmm. So you're what? Late 20s? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then what happened? Got pregnant. Mm-hmm. Thought I was going to do it all. I'm going to keep building my business. I'm going to get mm-hmm. this car. I'm going to do this. I'm going to be a mom. I'm going to do it all. And then I have my baby. And that was really, like, exhausting. And I didn't set up child care because I was going to be, like, a stay-at-home mom. And I was going to work because my mother-in-law lived across the street. And I was just going to, like bounce around the baby because I had all these friends that could just like watch here and there. And then my daughter cried when she was not with me personally for the next 10 months. And because I didn't have childcare set up, it's not like a routine I got into. That sounds like a her problem. It does sound like a her problem. Um, But I made it a me problem. And so it just became too hard. Like I didn't like being stressed that I would leave her and then come back and she was crying still. And I was like, Eh, my I business it. was, it's not like my business was super first, successful. And, and it's your, and it's, she's your first. It was my first. And like I said, I was already struggling in my business. Like I was already, mm-hmm. it was like having to push a rock up a hill, you know? And so it felt like, oh, this is finally like, I kind of have a reason or excuse. I can kind of step back from it. Mm-hmm. So kind of stepped back from leadership. So I didn't have to worry about any numbers or anything like that. And just kind of enjoyed servicing my customers. All right. So let's fast forward. You cool. step away, it kind of dwindles, you're mostly a full-time mom mm-hmm. for several yeah. years. Yeah, totally. When did you start thinking about doing a podcast? So, son is in four-year-old preschool, he's getting ready to go to kindergarten, and that's when I started thinking about a job, mm-hmm. like wanting to, should I do my Mary Kay, should I do another business? And so, mm-hmm. Jeremy started thinking about maybe getting back into construction, that's what led us to mm-hmm. an opportunity to work with a local home builder, mm-hmm. and so I got involved with a local home builder mm-hmm. and doing networking, which was awesome, because that's the part I love doing, meeting people, and so mm-hmm. about a year and a half, almost two years ago, I got back into the networking world, mm-hmm. which, tie it back, got me around movers and shakers, which I love doing. Mm-hmm. It kind of pulled that part out of me, mm-hmm. that part of like dreaming. And so I just wanted to do something. I didn't know what it was. Then, you know, I ended up doing this class and, you know, figuring out storytelling. And um, I was listening to Conan O'Brien on a road trip. Yeah. And I listened to his podcast for like five hours. And I thought, oh, my gosh, you get to just sit and talk to people. Yeah. And what I've always said, so yeah. I actually had a book idea about four years ago. Mm-hmm. 
And, um, you know, I was just involved with some people that uh, one woman was writing a book and some people were working on projects. And so I thought, if I were to write a book, what would I write a book on? And mm-hmm. at the time, I didn't feel like I had a lot of, like, crazy life experience. Mm-hmm. But I felt like I walked alongside or sat in the ashes or celebrated with people their life because I saw – I just feel like God has blessed me with lots of awesome people in my life. And so I started thinking of this idea of – what if I wrote a book and each chapter was like a different person that's influenced my life because I've moved around my whole life, because I meet so many different people, because I love connecting with so many different people? This idea of the book was born. Um, but of I course, think it's a great idea. Thank you. I think um, it could be. I think it's. I think it's a great idea. Oh, good. Well, let's let's keep talking about it. Um, so I did what I always do with great ideas. I tucked it away and did mm-hmm. nothing with it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so for the next few years. Yeah, I have this thing inside. What else do you have tucked away? Well, so we'll get much, to it in the full so flush. So much tucked away. We'll get to it in the full flush. We'll get that. Um, so, so much mm-hmm. tucked away. So, um, had this idea, and then just the way life has unfolded, it just mm-hmm. kind of, you know, mm-hmm. start one – I'm – I have coffee. Mm. I do all this networking. I have these awesome conversations. And I feel like I'm always going back to my friends. And that's why I say the extroverts introvert mm-hmm. because – I, you know, a lot of my friends, like if they work, oh, the introverts extrovert. Sorry, I was still, I know, I'm sorry. I know it's the bizarro. I'm sorry. It's the introverts extrovert. The reason I say the introverts extrovert is because what I feel like I've done pretty much my whole life is I go out and talk to everybody. You know, Mm -hmm. I have lunch with people. I network. Mm -hmm. I have coffee and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And then. And then you just gossip to everybody. Totally. So they all know everyone else's business. No, I try. No, that wasn't what you were going to say. I'm sorry. No, they give me, they glean all this wisdom. I jumped ahead. I'm sorry. They give all this wisdom to me and this life experience and yeah. these life lessons like i see them doing yeah. this stuff and you don't stuff. do that by the way okay, I, I would you. not i was like are you implying? i know i was totally teasing I was like oh shit, it's only sorry. funny because it's not true. Oh, okay well thank you for telling the listeners that if you um, really were i wouldn't have made that joke because okay, cool. it would have been awkward thank you thank you yeah. um so yes <laughs> it's not awkward now melody just said so so i feel like i get all this stuff and then i go back to people and i'm telling them all this what I think is great advice and great wisdom, but it's not mine. It's from other people like that. I want to pass it on to other people. And so, So but they don't have the energy is the perfect venue for that. So once I was listening to Conan, I was like, yes, I can record the conversations that I'm having. All right. So my, my niece is nine. Okay. Same age as my daughter. My sister told me recently, um, she's a performer. She's a, mm-hmm. she loves it. She's in, you know, yeah. dance, a mini me. recitals yeah. and oh, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. And nope. she's not at all, um, uh, has no stage fright, whatever, loves it and has already announced that that's what she wants to do. She wants to be a performer, mm-hmm. entertainer person. She's nine. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But my sister encourages that if that's, you know, yeah. past she wants to pursue. So my thesis going into this podcast was that that was you. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's been shot down a little bit. Totally. So that's great totally. yeah. because we've, you know, it wasn't really you. Yeah. You've sort of come to this organically over time and through yeah. self-reflection and so my self-discovery. Form of, so I, my form, my form of performing. That wasn't really a question. It wasn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> never mind. I, I had an insight I was going to share, but no, never mind. Please. No, I'm we'll just save teasing it for the full you. I'm just teasing you. So Go. something that, you know. So, yes, I did grow up wanting to be an actor, but I didn't pursue it. But I remember being in middle school and at the Army base we lived at in Mm -hmm. Picatinny, they had a forum where I can't remember what it's called, but they bring in all these people, adults and everything, and everyone shares. And it's like a brainstorming session of ways to improve the Army base. And they wanted a couple kids to come that were involved in the youth group program because there was a teen center at the at the army base where the kids Mm -hmm. could hang out. Mm -hmm. And so they wanted some kids to come to kind of give their input. And so I was in a small group for the day. It was like a full day. I got to miss school. Lunch was catered. Mm -hmm. And if food's involved, I'm there. Mm -hmm. So it was the best day ever. And once your group went through all the brainstorming, you had to present it to the group. And so when they were like asking for someone to present, I'm probably in seventh grade at this point. And I was like, yes, I would love to tell all of our ideas to this whole group of this whole room of people and that didn't seem strange to me like i was excited to share Mm -hmm. and talk in front of the group and Mm -hmm. stuff so i think you know there was definitely that element of wanting to do that and i and i remember thinking they were all so thankful for me to do it so at the time though i thought they are letting me you know um yeah give this talk because i'm so amazing like yeah 
they're picking the best at the table to give the presentation. And then I think it wasn't too long after that, it dawned on me that like, oh, none of them wanted to talk in front of the room of people because they were all like nervous to talk or didn't like talking. Both of of those things can be true. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, well, I mean, I'll tell you, I, when we went to the first storytelling Mm -hmm. event, I'd never seen you do that. Exactly. Mm And as as I do, I mm-hmm. was nervous for you. Everyone was so nervous for me. Everyone got so drunk for me, know, and I was sober. I don't remember that part. Yes. Okay. Oh, yes. My one friend was like, I almost um, threw up looking at you. Just looking at you, I almost threw up for you. I was glad I didn't know you oh, guys Oh, threw were. up for you. Yeah. Like, See, it made her so nervous okay. just looking at me. All right. I was like, I didn't know you. Thank I, just God. looking I at you, you guys almost believe- threw up. What does that mean? <laughs> She's so nervous. I didn't know you okay. guys. I'm glad I didn't so know. I, I thought you all believed in me. You. That's why I thought you all were there. I got you. I would have been. A, well, we did. Well, I but, know. You know it's a, you know, yeah. you could have gotten up on stage and, you know, totally died. Bomb. For yeah. all, you know, who knows? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I thought you were totally in your element and you were incredibly you. self-assured. You're, you're at your best in that mm. forum. Mm. Don't you mm-hmm. agree? Yeah, you know what? Thank That's you. That's the best I of that. Samantha Spittle comes out on stage. And that is not true for everybody, right? Well, thanks. I I want that quote. Could you say that again into the camera? The what? best of Samantha Spittle. <laughs> Ooh, say that again. Yeah. Should I say it like this? <laughs> I don't know. Say it however you want. <clears throat> Put a little more bass. In yeah. Voice. It'll make it sound. Are you a singer? What? Do you sing? We'll do that on the second half. All right. I can't wait. Yeah, let's yeah. go get some margaritas. Yeah, I do, oh, and you play the piano? I do feel like I've asked a little bit too open-ended of questions. Yeah. So maybe on the second half, it'll be like cross-examination. I'll just okay. I'll interrogate I'll like, you more. Like burn, like the fire yeah. round. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. It'll okay. just be, it's just going to be cool. yes or no questions. Well, I hope this was entertaining. I hope it was insightful and uh, answered all your questions about me. Yeah. I think we should go have margaritas and come back and talk more. Stay tuned for the full flush. We'll be back. And that's a wrap for now. Thanks for listening to Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle. Music provided by twinmusicom.org. Song titled Night at the Dance Hall. Sound editing by me, Jeremy Spittle. A special thanks to our studio sponsor, M&M Exteriors. Visit their website at mmexteriors.com for all of your roofing, siding, and gutter needs in the Northern Virginia area. Visit our website at flushingitout.com and be sure to subscribe. This has been a Spitfire production. That was the greatest thing I've ever heard. Don't forget to check out the after show on the Full Flush bonus episode where Samantha and I continue the conversation with our guest. You can find the full flush episode right here on Flushing It Out every Friday.